I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Overcast, the Chagas Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we bring you the latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Following on from last week's episode, we're joined by Michael Gostin in this week's podcast to discuss planning a fertiliser budget for your farm this year. Michael explains why it's important to look at your overall fertiliser spend on farms now and take into account what merchant credit is available and what alternative credit sources are available to farmers to avoid the situation of unforeseen debt later in the year. Michael outlines for us a practical example of a fertiliser budget he completed for a farmer this spring. He outlines how the farm will incur an increase in its overall spend, but through product substitution and a slight reduction in application rate, it should still allow the farmer to spread 80% of the nitrogen he used last year within the budget available. We discussed options for some farms to reduce stocking rate by selling on productive stock, and why this is the year to focus on the basics of grassland management and correcting soil pH. We finish up with Michael encouraging farmers to complete a fertiliser budget and seek assistance from advisors where necessary completing this task. We start off, however, with Michael discussing the challenge of increased fertiliser prices that pose on farms and why it's important to take action now by completing the budget. I suppose everybody knows fertiliser prices have increased probably by about 2.3 times or 2.5 times depending on when you bought your fertiliser last year and um, when you're buying it now and, and what you're paying for it. Like, so, yep, look, at there's there's a big issue there, I suppose, for farmers. It's a big cost increase. And um, I suppose it's a challenge. And and I suppose worryingly what we're hearing is that, you know, maybe some people are saying, okay, we'll, 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 we'll won't buy fertilizer at the moment or we'll reduce an awful lot of the amount of fertilizer. And I suppose we need to plan that very carefully because we need fertilizer to grow grass. And the last thing I suppose we want is that people say, okay, I'm not going to spread the fertilizer and then end up having to buy a whole pile of meal um, or other expensive alternatives to feed their stock. And that just doesn't add up. You know, the the grass you grow with expensive fertilizer is still going to be cheaper than anything else you're going to have to feed your stock. So we, we're going to need to buy some fertilizer um, on farms to make sure that we have enough grass to feed the stock, um, regardless of, of how expensive the fertilizer is perceived to be at the moment because it's it's still the best value for for um, growing fodder. Michael, and it's a topic you covered in detail at the National Sheep Conference. Something that Philip discussed with me on last week's podcast was about planning a fertilizer application for this spring. But one thing he highlighted as a key action to do is a fertilizer budget for the year. It's maybe something we'll chat to you a little bit more about. Like, what should that look like for a farmer? Why is it important that they do it now? Yep. So I think fertilizer budget is really important. Um, it's something that people need to seriously consider doing here. And we've seen this before. We'll say 2018, we had a drought. And along the East Coast, there was an awful lot of farmers that ended up having to buy a lot of meal because they just had no grass at all. And, you know, it wasn't growing. It was dry for so long. They had no choice but to buy the, the, the meal. But at the end of the year, a lot of those farmers struggled to pay for that meal, um, ended up having to go and get alternative finance arrangements maybe to to to, to um, pay for the merchant credit um, that, that, that had been given to, to purchase that meal. So we, we want to try and avoid that. We want this to be some way planned. Um, and the only way you're going to do that is to do a budget. Um, you know, so I suppose there are a number of things already that we're looking at. So a lot of people will have a, pers- a particular amount of maybe merchant credit here. And there might be a farmer there with, 10,000 euros of a limit or 15,000 euros of a limit in the co-op and are the merchant. And normally that will do to buy the, the, the yearly meal and fertilizer or just fertilizer or whatever the cable may be. This year, that merchant credit will probably only buy about 40% of the fertilizer 
that was bought last year. So people need to plan for that and say, okay, you know, usually I, I don't pay for my fertilizer maybe till July or August or whenever. Um, this year, I'm going to have to pay for it earlier because I don't have that merchant credit. Uh, maybe as well, the merchant that you buy your f- fertilizer from isn't given the best deal. Um, but you feel you're going to go there because you have that credit facility. And in that situation, you might be better off to look for other credit, go to the bank to get a stocking loan um, or go to the, a credit union. Lots of credit unions now are giving out these cultivate and various different types of loans um, to farmers, in particular to buy fertilizer. So you, you, you basically get the money now, you buy the fertilizer, you pay for it up front. And then when you start selling your stock in July and August and September, um, you pay the money back like you normally would do. Um, so that might be an option for people to consider, you know, and, and shop around and get a better deal. But very important, I suppose, is the budget here and then that we have a max figure, uh, a figure that we, we feel, OK, this is the maximum we can spend on the fertilizer. Um, and this is the type of fertilizer we're going to buy with that money. And this is how we're going to make ends meet. And I think there's a bit of planning needs to happen there. Because otherwise, we're going to end up with very high fertilizer bills, or people are going to take the option not to buy the fertilizer, and they're going to run out of grass, or worse still, maybe have not enough winter fodder for next winter, and then we're going to be in serious trouble as well. That's a good starting point, Michael. Like, look at maybe at what we spent on fertilizer last year, and what we needed to grow the grass to keep our system running. How do we tweak that? Yeah, so I think the starting point is. How much did you spend last year? And, you know, very often what, what people will do, they, they'll go and they'll get the, the bill from the merchant, the statement. It'll say you spent, for argument's sake, say 5,000 euros on fertilizer last year. Next step then is to see what did we buy? What type of fertilizer is, is in that 5,000 euros? Is, is it a lot of straight nitrogen, urea, protected urea, or a can? Or is it... A, a lot of compounds and we know a lot of sheep farmers use compounds things like 18 6 12 pasture sward maybe cut sward or various different there's various different formulations out there so see what it is first of all we get the overall figure then we see what what the makeup is of it and then i suppose the next step here is to decide okay how much am i going to spend this year so if i spent for argument's sake 5000 last year on fertilizer well I would know roughly without even doing the sums that that fertilizer bill for the same amount of fertilizer this year at current prices is going to be around 12, maybe 12 and a half thousand. So, you know, going from 5,000 to, to 12, 12 and a half thousand is a big jump. And people may not want to go that far, may not be able to afford to go that far. So you, you, you set yourself a max figure and you know, most people are willing to go a little bit extra because they need to grow the grass and, and, and buy the fertilizer. So for argument's sake, if I decided last year I spent 5,000 and this year I'm going to spend 8,000. Now let's look, what can we buy with that 8,000 that is going to grow us the most grass? What's going to give us the best bang for our buck? And what? And then there are other steps that we can look at um, that are that are also going to help us. You know, we can improve our grazing management. We can do things with stock and rate um, adjustments. We, we can look at how much winter fodder is left over and various other options. But just purely from a budget point of view, how much fertilizer can we buy this year and which fertilizer is going to grow us with the most grass? And that's what we're trying to do with this budget. Michael, I know you've 
gone through this with a number of farmers already. You, you might give us just a practical example of how that has worked with some of them. How do you achieve nearly the same amount of fertilizer going out at a lower budget? Yeah, so Kieran, the best way to show this is, is a farmer example. And here we have an example of a farmer who's actually gone through this process and has done the fertilizer budget. And what we have here is the 39 hectare farm, so that's just slightly under 100 acres. Stocking rate here is 10 euros per hectare or four euros per acre. And this is a farmer that has 50% of the land area dedicated to sheep and 50% of the land area dedicated to contract dairy heifer rearing. So in this case, the farmer spent 7,563 euros in, in, for fertilizer last year. So just 7,500 for round figures last year was spent on fertilizer. And to buy that exact same amount of fertilizer, the same amount and the same type of fertilizer would cost 16,750 euros, roughly. Uh, 16,745 is the actual figure this year. So we see there's a big increase. There's an increase there on fertilizer spend from 7,500 last year to 16,700, and that's an increase of just over 9,000 euros. So an extra 235 euros per hectare would be spent on fertilizer if that particular farmer were to choose to buy the same uh, amount of fertilizer and type at the current uh, prices. So what has this farmer done now? So the first thing the farmer did is went and had a chat with the dairy farmer uh, from whom he gets the heifers and they've agreed an increase in fees and that's working out at about 1,900 euros. So the, the dairy farmer is, is paying an extra 1,900 euros for 2022 um, to compensate for, for the extra fertilizer costs. So that's going to allow the farmer to buy, you know, extra fertilizer. Farmer himself has decided that he's willing to increase his budget to a maximum of 10,500. So going from 7,500 to 10,500 um, this year, that's what we're spending. So the, the net cost to the farmer, to the sheep enterprise, I suppose, in this case, is about 1,000 euros because there's 1,900 euros coming from the dairy farm farmer in extra fees there. Um, so it's working out at about 26 euros per hectare in terms of, of net price increase. So not, not near as bad as, as, as we were talking about earlier. Now, how, how is the farmer going to achieve this? Like, what's, what's, what's going to happen here, I suppose? And look at Last year on this farm, the farmer purchased um, one and a half tons of urea, straight urea. So this year, the farmer is going to buy three tons of urea. And last year, the farmer would have bought six tons of protected urea with sulfur, and this year he's buying 6.75 tons. Where the savings are being made in this case is, there were, last year there was eight tons of 18.612 purchased for reseeds and low index um, silage loan. For a lot of silage loan, was getting 18.612. So that's not happening this year. Um, that's going to get slurry. Got some farmyard manure in the autumn time. There's two tons of 18.612 being bought. So there's a saving there of six tons of 18.612. Last year, also what was purchased was three tons of pasture sward um, and one and a half tons of 10.10.20. And they're not being purchased. So we're switching from using these 18612, 27.25 type products to going with straight nitrogen. What, what the farmer is doing is effectively taking a P&K holiday for this year, saying, okay, I'm not going to put out the bit of P&K that I normally do this year. Now, there is a little bit of P&K being bought, about two tons of 18612. So that's going on to the priority areas, very low index silage ground and uh, ground that was reseeded last year. 
And what we're seeing by doing that, by switching from buying all of the, you know, lots of compounds and buying relatively small amounts of, of urea or protected urea, and by switching away from the compounds and going more towards that protected urea and the urea, the straight urea, this particular farmer is able to come within the budget of 10,500. Um, the, the predicted cost for the fertilizer at current prices is 10,498 euros. And what the farmer is achieving is there's 4,300 kilograms of nitrogen being purchased. So that's 80% of the amount of chemical nitrogen that was spread last year. Okay. So by increasing the budget um, modestly, okay, we went, we went up an extra 3,000 on this farm, not the 9,000 that would be required if we were to buy the same amount of fertilizer. And by switching away from compounds to straight protected urea and urea type products, we've managed to buy 80% of the chemical nitrogen that we used last year. Okay. And the next step then is to say, okay, how are we going to spread this nitrogen to get the best bang for our buck? You know, how are we going to, how is 80% of the nitrogen going to grow 100% of the grass that we're going to need? And I suppose this is, this is the next step in the budget then. So farmer has spread a lot of lime over the last few years, but there's 60 ton of lime to go this year to correct soil pH. So that'll help us grow a bit more grass. Last year, the farmer um, made quite a lot of silage and there's a lot of silage still left on the farm and some of that's going to be carried into next year. So there's going to be a, a lower requirement for making silage and uh, there's a particular areas of the farm that are going to be dropped out for silage um, making. A lot of the silage ground would have got farmyard manure in the autumn time and some of it will also get uh, some slurry um, this spring and that's why we're, we're, we're eliminating the need for P and K there this year. And we're also taking a P and K break from some of the other ground as well. So we're, we're taking a little bit of hit on soil fertility for this year. We're going to have to come back in next year and, 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 and try and make up for that. But we're, we're, we're taking a bit of a, a, a hit on it this year. We're still putting out a bit of P and K on the recent reseeds and a couple of paddocks that are low, very low for, for silage work. Then the farmer is plans to reduce nitrogen uh, by 15% on each application. Okay, so normally this particular farmer would be going out with maybe 20 units of nitrogen every round. This time, instead of going out with 20 units of nitrogen, it's going to be going out with 15 you know, or 60 units of nitrogen. So a reduction, not in the frequency, so the nitrogen is still going to be going out every month or so, but what will be happening is less will be going out each time, okay? And then I suppose um, the fields as well on this farm that have been receded, they actually have quite a bit of clover on them. So there's going to be a, a conscious effort made in this particular case to try and encourage that clover from kind of mid to late April onwards, there won't be nitrogen going out on those fields that have a lot of clover. And really, I suppose that's a, a wait and see approach. So we'll see how we get on. If the clover starts kicking in, that's great. And those fields will get no nitrogen. There'll be a significant saving on nitrogen on those then throughout the summer period. If there are fields that we hoped where the clover would come and we find that in, you know, towards the end of June, we're not getting a lot of clover there and the field is looking very hungry or whatever, we can always go back out with a bit of nitrogen at that stage. So I suppose that's just an example of somebody that sat down and did a budget, looked at what they spent last year, looked at how much they were willing to spend this year, 
and then looked at the type of fertilizer and changed around the type of fertilizer, went away from the compound type products to the straight nitrogen ureas and protected urea type products. Um, and by doing that, is able to, you know, we're, we're very confident in this situation here that this farmer will be able to grow enough grass to feed all the stock, to make enough forage for the winter, um, for the coming winter. And, and we'll be able to do that within that budget. So there's no surprise coming here next September or October when, when you know, the, the merchant for the fertilizer has to be paid that, you know, there's a big surprise. Oh, my God, that's two or two and a half times what it was last year. Farmer knows how much he's spending, has planned for it. And okay, there is a, a, a negative consequence to that. It is higher than it was last year, but at least it's planned and um, we're pretty confident that we can grow enough grass without having to go the full hog of you know what fertilizer prices have increased. I think it's a very useful example, Michael, and it's applicable to a lot. There's probably just a couple of elements maybe tease out more. I suppose the first one is, is the budget done, which is vital. It is hitting us at a key time of the year where we have to have enough to cover the first and second application, certainly, and even the silage application going out. Um, even in that farmer's case, Michael, he's not purchasing 100% of the fertilizer alone. There is a chance that some of that would be bought during the summer, maybe at a lower price. But for most of us out there, the early applications and the silage application really needs to come into the air, maybe, and not be waiting to the last minute to order. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's important. Um, it's important that people plan to have some fertilizer in the yard. Look, at we've had a very good um, winter, mild autumn winter. There's an awful lot of grass after accumulating on farms where stock have been taken off. Um, you know, so people who have closed up properly in the autumn will have heavy covers and lots of grass. But we still need nitrogen in, in the springtime to, to grow grass. And it's important that the, the you know, there is some fertilizer in the yard um, for the first two rounds and your silage applications, you know. So I think people need to, to, to do this quite quickly and then they need to start talking to their merchant about getting, getting fertilizer delivered. Because the one thing that you'll notice here and going around to a lot of the merchants is they don't have those big stocks of fertilizer sitting in the air like they've had in, 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 in previous years. So this idea of, of maybe being able to pop down and get fertilizer very, very quickly or getting it delivered within a few days, that mightn't be happening for people. So I think it's important that people have some fertilizer in the air and are ready to spread it. Again, look at this is the year where fertilizer is expensive. So we'd be looking to maybe push the spreading date out as far as we can. The further into to March we go, I suppose, the better the response rate is going to be. But we need to be careful that we don't leave ourselves short. So for early lambing flocks, you know, or earlier lambing flocks, they probably have to go out in, you know, in, in late February, early March with, with a small amount just to kickstart the growth um, and then have fertilizer available in March and April to drive it on when we have, you know, high demand, relatively low growth rates and, um it's very important that yews are fed adequately in early lactation. Michael, like in the example you gave, that farmer was willing to spend that bit extra to cover and relative to purchase and feed, it was a sensible option. That might be an option for every farmer. If we look at the alternatives, I look at reducing stock rate, which is possible, might have advantages for other um, reasons in flocks. That can have an impact too on the total demand and the silage demand as well. That is also something that needs to be set down and looked at now in a system. Where can I maybe cut back? What's done the performers? Yeah. So, look, I think there is probably, 
in the sheep world, a lot of farmers that don't use a lot of fertilizer anyway, and maybe by just making some management changes to their grazing management, they can probably grow a lot more grass and utilize a lot more grass. At the, at the other side of it, then, I suppose we have people that are more intensive, um, you know, and maybe are doing a lot of the kind of grazing management actions to grow a lot of grass and utilize it. And in their situation, maybe also looking at stocking rate is an option, you know, and if obviously if you reduce your stocking rate, um, for example, for highly stocked farms, reducing the stocking rate by maybe 10% could reduce your fertilizer requirement by 15 to 20%. Because, you know, there's a certain amount of grass you'll grow without any fertilizer. And then obviously as your stocking rate increases, you need more and more fertilizer to grow that extra and extra grass. So I think, you know, uh, aside from doing a budget, all farmers can look at how do I, how do I manage my grass better? How do I grow more grass? without fertilizer, you know, by, by, you know, having paddocks, having rotational grazing rather than set stocking, grouping up lambs and yews quicker. You know, usually when we start lambing, we're, 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 we have yews and lambs dotted all around the farm. The quicker we group them up, the quicker we start protecting rebuilds, things like that. So there, and, you know, and that's very important. Then I suppose on the stocking rate side is every farm has got unproductive stock knocking around the place. So these are, you know, stock like yews that are, are dry at scanning time, Older and unproductive ewes, maybe um, that could be sold in lamb. Some farmers are, are mating your lambs. Um, so if you're mating your lambs and you have your lambs that aren't in lamb, maybe cash them in um, this year, reduce your stocking rate slightly. In the springtime, we'll have ewes that maybe lose lambs, um, you know, and we run them on dry or we foster lambs onto them. Maybe not foster lambs onto them, you know, maybe just offload those ewes. There's strong prices there for, for both ewes and all stock at the moment. The same thing, I suppose, a lot of, of sheep farmers will also have cattle enterprises. And, you know, is there is there room to make uh, reductions there on the cattle side of things? You know, is there unproductive stock? You know, a suckler cow that loses a calf, maybe rather than getting a calf, but not, or do we offload that cow? Um, you know, if we're contract heifer rearing, which was our case here in this example, maybe going back to the dairy farmer and, and having a conversation about the fees and, that the fee reflects uh, the fee charge for 2020 reflects the higher fertilizer prices. So there are options outside of just cutting the amount of fertilizer. And I suppose every farmer should be sitting down and doing a plan based on a budget, uh, a review of where the stocking rate is. Have they gone up in numbers compared to last year? Or are they back on numbers? Can they go down further um, without affecting um, their, their, their profit? You know, there's no point in selling productive stock just to cut back on fertilizer use because that's going to even lower your profit even further. So if you've got productive stock on the farm, um, you know, that are making money, they're going to help you to, to reduce the impact of this. Definitely not a year for carrying no. passengers, Michael. No, absolutely not. Look at, and I suppose the other thing just maybe, and it came out, I hope it came out in the budget. The one thing that we're seeing really is you will grow more grass with, with nitrogen than with any other um, element out there. So obviously we're saying get the lime right because that's very important and always has been. And this year is the year if you're going to spread a bit of lime, you need to spread it. Go and spend the money on that because that's going to give you a very good value for your money. After that, the best bang for your buck is going to be got from straight nitrogen. But that's going to give us um, the most bang for our buck in terms of fertilizer. Okay. Bear in mind, there will be areas on your farm that will need a bit of P&K that won't be able to take that holiday and those generally are very low index silage ground, 
it can't be moved maybe to somewhere else um, or re recent reseeds. If you have recently reseeded and if that needs PNK, it would be foolish not to give it the PNK this year um, just because the prices are high because you could end up, you know, basically doing harm to your reseed and ending up with a lot less ryegrass in it um, in the coming years. Michael, the key action at the moment then is do that budget out, take what you did last year and see what's available. Yeah, and look at the advisors are there to give people a hand um, and, and, and talk them through that if they've done the figures. This is not a big a big job, um, you know, figure out what you what you spent last year, do a budget for this year and then work out what fertilizer is, is is going to give you the best bang for your buck and how you're going to manage it. And and that's important. We don't want somebody spreading all their fertilizer, uh, you know, and, and arriving at the middle of May with no budget left and no fertilizer left. That's no good either. So it's, it's about, you know, reducing as you're going along and, and um, having a planned approach to it. Michael, always good having you on. Certainly timely. It's an action that needs to be completed in farms at the moment. Thanks very much for your time today. Thanks, Kieran. Okay, we're going to finish the episode up at this point. You can find out more information about the fertiliser budget that Michael discussed and the other options available to farmers this spring in the paper that himself and Philip Creighton presented at the National Sheep Conference this year. And I'll include a link to the proceedings in the description of this podcast. It's well worth a read for anyone this spring. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on the sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chugger Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.